1: You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Bronco's Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge.
2: All right, hold on. Everyone together, let's count it down. 19... Eight, right? (laughs) What a freaking meme, dude. Uh, In two games, in two fell swoops, Nathaniel Hackett, Zach, has become a meme to end all memes. Welcome in. It's the Mile High Huddle podcast. It's the gut reaction. I'm Chad Jensen. That's Zach Kelberman. Welcome in, everybody. Zach, what the Sam Hill, dude? Gut reaction time. What the heck is going on here? Is he really? I'm going to quote our great producer, Scott Kennedy, Uh, is – Maybe all that aw shucks, you know, Elmer Fudd, whoa, dude, or like, wow, this is crazy stuff from Nathaniel Hackett when he was first hired. He's like, I can't believe I'm here. Maybe he was right to be like, yo, I'm whistling past the graveyard. They hired me. What up?
3: Yeah. There's so much I want to say about this game. Uh, There's so many mixed emotions you can take out from this. I want to start off by saying it's a loss that feels like a win, but it's a win in the end. I'm some, it's a win that feels like a loss. I'm so conditioned to say that, Chad. But in the end, it's a victory. You, you got to stack them up. You got to beat the teams that are in front of you. And even though it wasn't easy, even though it came down to the final drive against Davis Mills and the Broncos home opener, they got the dub. So on to week three now. They put that monkey off their back. They're one and one. Okay, let's move on. The bad part about it, though, if they weren't playing the Texans, Chad, if this wasn't their home opener, if they were playing a better team, this would have been an ugly blowout. Because for three and a half quarters, they look like the Keystone Cops out there. Just (laughs) chasing their own tail. They didn't know what to do. I can have a drunken, blindfolded person playing Madden. And they would have more common sense with their clock management, their play calling, their situational awareness. I thought Vic Fangio was bad. But my God, Nathaniel Hackett makes him look like Bill Walsh out there. You know, it's it's amazing how much... (laughs) You take for granted the little coaching things during a game that, you know, you don't really uh, notice until they blow up in your face. And I don't know what Hackett's doing. He prefers, obviously, to win without timeouts. That's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see how that pays off later in the year. Russell Wilson looked like he couldn't get going at all until the fourth quarter. At least he had that touchdown you know that's why you trade for him he put the team on his back in the end but to go away from Javante when he's averaging almost seven yards a carry the play calling near the goal line the shotgun the passing Russell Wilson looking scared to tuck and run the ball there's so many things to dislike about this game but the one good thing about it to W
2: it is it is so let's not uh Let's not get too carried away. All right. I think everyone's still quite disappointed. Addison, appreciate that. Super chat, buddy. Uh, Yeah, we won. It was it was embarrassing. The coaching. That's the problem is, you know, I've talked about the difference between stick and carrot. You know, maybe Vic Fangio was too much lead by threat of the stick. Maybe Nathaniel Hackett's. You know, the extreme opposite end of that spectrum, Zach, where he's too carrot. He's too love him up. He's too, you know, bro, everybody's friend. There's got to be a happy medium somewhere in there. Jeff, thank you, buddy. Good to see you. Yes, Pee Wee football indeed. Smith Corona jumping in early. Good to see you, bro. Hackett has not only been bad, he's barely functional at his position at this point. This entire team feels like they've been coaching themselves. That's a great point, coaching themselves. And Zach that being the case and that, that's the way it feels, right? What do you, what are your takeaways or what are the implications of when the chips were down and it was needed? Russ did have what it took to put the team on his back, drive down and just like get it done.
3: Well, if they're coaching themselves, they need an a, a class and punt returning to not have a returner back there, Chad, to blow a timeout. I mean, these are comical errors that you wouldn't see otherwise, but yeah, I mean, in the end it was Houston, this and that you can, um, rationalize away the W but Russell Wilson he turned it on in the end in clutch time that's what he does he threw the nice touchdown pass uh, got them ahead and the defense Chad for the second week in a row they really stiffened in the second half they mm-hmm. close that game out even though the ball literally will not bounce their way I can't tell you how many strip sacks they have now and they don't recover them So Randy Gregory looking like a menace off the edge. Draymond Jones had a whale of a game today. I like a lot of people on defense. Damari Mathis stepping in for Patrick Sertan. They tightened up in the second half, and the team did look a little better after the halftime break. You know, the offense finally scored. The defense kept the Texans out of the end zone. It wasn't pretty, but they got it done.
2: Jonathan, thank you, buddy. Amazing to me. He says that people are so negative about the coach when we knew there'd be growing pains. A win is a win. Cortland plus Randy. Yeah, I mean – we have talked about on this show uh, since inception of the hackett rust ticket that there are going to be growing pains. There are going to be some trial and error uh, learning curves to be weathered. And my outlook at the time and what I told everybody was that, hey, what's going to help you microwave that is the presence of Russell Wilson. But, Zach, I'm not going to lie and, pr- and pretend to tell people that I foresaw this magnitude of incompetence, okay, at the head coaching level, it's not. Look, we can point to this coach, that no, we're talking head coach, Nathaniel Hackett. I, how could you know that it would be that bad to the point where you've meaned yourself, Gregory? Thank you for that big boy super chat, dude. Seriously, so generous, bro. Really appreciate that. Shoot us an email. Let us send you a little something, something as a, as a thank you. But Zach, who could have guessed it would be this incompetent? I mean. I want to be able to assuage some misgivings and some anxieties and some fears that are now boiling over in Broncos country. But when the head coach and the product on the field is that sloppy, I also don't want to lie to people. So I don't know, dude. Thank you, Greg.
3: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm one who advocated for Hackett's hire. I've been talking a lot of crap on social media, um, you know, for the Broncos and how well they're going to coach and play this year. But it's elementary stuff that they're failing at. And I thought after one game, okay, it's his first game. He's going to work out those those fatal flaws. But come the second game, he had even more fatal flaws. It's elementary football. The team still looks undisciplined. Too many personal fouls. Way, way too many penalties, Chad. I mean, at one point, they had as many penalties, 22 through six and a half quarters, as Mm -hmm. they had points scored on offense. I mean, what is that about? They're failing in multiple categories. And again, if they weren't playing Houston, they would have gotten their behinds kicked badly today. But they were playing Houston. They came out in the end. All we have to do is continue hoping that Hackett watches the film and maybe gets better information from someone above him. Maybe he goes off his own instinctual coaching uh, gut feeling. That's one thing I hammered Vic Fangio about for never really having the intuition as a head coach. I thought Hackett would finally have that intuition, but that's lacking big time through two games.
2: Naj, what's going on, bro? Thank you for the very generous super chat. We're looking forward to seeing you soon, dude. He says, hey, brothers, great to get a win. Penalties? Unacceptable. Going shotgun from the one again. Brutal. Defense winning the game. Awesome. Also a great game by Cortland. Playing like this won't win many games, especially against quality teams. Yes, you are 100% correct on that. And I got to tip my cap to the Broncos' defense. Now, we don't know what it's going to look like against an elite quarterback quite yet, but through two games, the Broncos have allowed, what, nine plus – 26 total points. They're relinquishing 13 points a game under a zero arrow. Now you're going against Geno Smith and Davis Mills to open the season. But still, if you're going to be – if it's a defense worth its salt and it's a defensive coordinator, Zach, worth his salt, then you expect those first two games you hold the opponent to, uh, you know, that average. The problem is they're not getting the help they need from the offense. Jeff, yes, hate to say it. He says Hackett's in over his head. Hashtag facts. Thank you, Jeff. It's great to see you, bro. Longtime listener. And then Chris. Veteran, veteran of the United States Air Force with his symbolic super chat. 16 bucks. Thank you, Chris, for each of those 16 bucks. For each point the Broncos put on the board today, he says, an ugly win is a win. See y'all at the game next weekend? Oh, dude, we're going to see Chris. Dope. Can't wait, dude. Looking forward to that, my friend. It's going to be a gas.
3: Yeah, I was going to say they're not getting an elite quarterback next week either with uh, Jimmy Garoppolo stepping in for Trey Lance, who went down today. But it's a it's a stiffer test because a Kyle Shanahan offense is so much better than anything on paper they've seen through uh, two games so far. It's not really on the defense to me, Chad. You're playing without two of your best players in Simmons and PS2. It's hard to win any game without that talent on the field. The too many men, 12 men on the field penalties, those will get ironed out. He's a rookie coordinator. I'm not going to kill him too much. What I do like about Evero, he knows when to send pressure. He's getting the most out of his edge rushers, Bradley Chubb, Randy Gregory, also production from Draymond Jones, and he's tightening things up in the second half. He's making adjustments and helping the Broncos uh, on that side of the ball. What you said is appropriate during not getting any help from the offense and it seems like it's the same story the same movie we've all seen before the last six years the defense busts their ass for 60 minutes or most of 60 minutes and the offense just withers and dillies and stumbles bumbles fumbles you have russell wilson falling down on his own chad looking like noah fan out there until they get going (laughs) it's going to be a slog fest i think i'm
0: getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance it's not only about making smart changes today, it's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com rebates. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit.
3: More weeks than not. All
2: right, let's uh grab this super chat from Cloud9 TK. Great to see you. Appreciate you. It says uh we have a lot to clean up, but yeah, this feels like an L. Zach, over the years, right, the six years of depredations, we had a lot of wins like this. Uh, not a lot of wins, but a lot of wins like this, <laughs> where it's a win, and yet fans are like, everyone feels just dissatisfied. Uh, something eaten at you, something just isn't right. You know, we thought those days were behind us, but. I think people should pump the brakes on getting too panicked over this. Let it percolate. Let them work things out. Again, if there's a a, a bridge that can span the gap here between where the Broncos obviously are and where they need to be, it's Russell Wilson. And you know what? I'm not going to make excuses for his lackluster play today. He was definitely not as good today as he was even in the opener, and he wasn't that good in the opener. But still, As he gets his legs beneath him, as he figures things out, I remain confident in him, if nothing else.
3: I do, too. Uh, The whole operation, even as um, clunky as it looked, where they can't get the plane in time and they're burning multiple timeouts, to have no timeouts left with seven minutes remaining in the game is inexcusable rookie head coach or not. He's been around the NFL long enough, Chad, as an assistant. His father was a longtime assistant. It's elementary football. You know this. I know this. Everyone knows this. Why can't he get that down? Uh, But I'm encouraged that they'll find their footing at some point here. And once they get going and once they drop all the formality and they just go out there and play, they don't overthink. They don't try too hard. They don't get too cute. Like having – Andrew Beck run a read option on third down? with Javon. I Come on, man. Just give the ball to Javante. He's averaging almost seven yards a carry. It doesn't have to be that hard. It's not rocket science. Once they play football and go out there and just have fun, you'll have a cleaner operation. Fingers crossed anyway.
2: More to get to. We're going to spend here in just a second. We're going to spend the entire rest of tonight's stream on you guys and what's on your mind. But listen, we got to say thank you to the presenting sponsor of this Live podcast, and that's my bookie. Is it Tom Brady? Is it Aaron Rodgers? Is it Russell Wilson? Is it Jimmy Garoppolo? It's a show of young guns and old guard alike. And nothing makes these matchups more exciting than having skin in the game at my bookie. My bookie has super contests, survivor's pools, and a double deposit bonus that gives you everything you need to secure the bag.
3: Yeah, getting started is simple. Sign up today and use promo code WILSON22 and you'll dub- double your first deposit instantly. That's promo code WILSON22 to double your deposit up to 1000 bucks with MyBookie. This isn't your grandfather's bookie. This is MyBookie. So put your money where your mouth is and get rewarded for it. Begin your winning season today exclusively at MyBookie.
2: We do appreciate MyBookie supporting Mile High Huddle and our great members also supporting them um our sponsors zach let me let me do something here and then we're gonna go right back to the chat all right matters of business for the night are done it's all about the chat and what's on your guys's mind but first i just want to and it's pro football reference so it sucks trying to make this big like blow it up It all it always gets kind of skiwampus let me see the yeah and then this stuff gets in the way all right i gotta back it back down but i'll read for those of you who can't see on the screen let me just remind you something And I know some of you are going to be like, hey, quit comparing this team to 2012 Broncos and Peyton Manning and Russell Wilson. But just to, if most of you are old enough to remember 2012, all right, and all the high emotions and the huge expectations that were built into this team before they ever put cleats on the grass. Peyton Manning, the only difference I've seen so far um, in terms of the outcome is. Peyton Manning won his first game. Russell Wilson lost his first game. But in two two weeks into the season, they were both one and one. You can see here, second game, man, it took a while for the Broncos to figure things out, all right, with Peyton. Against the Falcons, it was a bad loss. Peyton threw three picks in the second game. The third game, lost badly to the Texans, all right? Fourth game, they get a win against a bad Raiders team. So now they're, what, two and two. Then they go on the road to New England, get It was a relatively close game in the first half. I can remember this game. And then second half, it went skiwampus. And now they're two and three. And you're going, I don't know, man, maybe Peyton is washed. And then all of a sudden, the San Diego Chargers, remember that on Monday Night Football, and then they rattled off 11 wins in a row. Now, that's not to say that's what's going to happen this year. And that's not why I'm bringing this up. What I'm bringing it up, the purpose behind this, Zach, is historical context to help everybody understand that, you know, it's a new quarterback in a new city. What complicates this one a little bit more is that you've also got a first time head coach. All right. So that might not make it perfectly line, you know, where we can line these up uh, together 2012, 2022. But it is a similar quality quarterback in terms of guys that know what's up. Give it time. And I think this thing will come together. Mr. What's up? So fans counting down (laughs) the play clock had me. I know.
3: It was like New Year's Eve out there. It was hilarious. I can't remember the last time a home crowd did that. Like the Bronx cheer, you know, when a baseball team finally gets a hit and they cheer sarcastically. It's what the Broncos fans were doing because the – The energy was lacking. I mean, that's on Russell Wilson, too, not just Hackett. Get to the line faster, get the huddle going, and be the leader that they paid you to be. So the crowd had to step in there for Nathaniel Hackett. To your point, though, I don't know about rattling off however many victories in a row, but at least if they're going to go through these growing pains, if you look at their schedule, the Raiders next week, who they're struggling to beat Arizona right now. Arizona got their asses kicked by the uh, Chiefs last week. Then the Colts. We didn't look that great today. Yeah, they got the Chargers, but then the Jets and the Jaguars after that. So we talked about it when the schedule came out. It's much lighter in the first half than the second half, and they should be fortunate for that because it's not looking like a super smooth, silky operation right out of the gates. They have to find their footing, find their way. Fortunately, they'll have more Texans-type opponents to come to help with that.
2: And the, um, the pressure that comes from being – like making yourself an NFL mockery. I mean, he's getting lampooned, Nathaniel Hackett. The Duchess, what's going on? Great to see you, Michaela. How have you been? We've missed you. We're looking forward to seeing you a week from tonight at the MHH meet and greet, Mile High Stadium. It's a night game, Sunday night football, baby, prime time. We're going to be hanging out at the tailgate, same spot as last year. From the moment they open things up, we're going to be hanging out. We want to see as many of you as possible. And We know the Duchess is going to be there. She says the Niners played tough against the Seahawks, and that's who's next on the schedule is Jimmy Garoppolo, apparently, and the San Francisco 49ers coming to town. <clears throat> she says we will lose next week if we don't clean up our mistakes. Sorry I was gone last week for work. Missed you guys. We missed you too, but we never doubted. We knew you'd be back. Great to see you, Michaela. Can't wait to hang next week.
3: Yeah, thank you, Michaela, and your point. I I know you take more of a negative approach, and I've shockingly tried to be optimistic this last year about the Broncos going against my natural instincts, but you're right. You're on the money when you say this. If they play the same way they played against Seattle or Houston next week, whether we're there or not, Chad, primetime home or not, they're going to lose that game, and it's not going to be particularly pretty. Kyle Shanahan versus Nathaniel Hackett right now is uh, on paper. Jimmy Garoppolo or not is a scary mismatch for Denver. Hopefully, same thing I said last week, they can watch the film, they can get better from it. There's some to build on in this game, but there's way more they have to clean up. And LOL Raiders for losing on a walk-off fumble. That's always a good day. Real quick, our uh, Twitch
2: comment for tonight from Savage Boy Kev. He says, at this point, there's no excuse that he's a rookie head coach. Things like those are common sense that even a person who doesn't play football can figure out. At least we got the dub. What I don't understand, Zach, is my whole point – let me get rid of that off the screen there. Uh, My whole point about, you know, Russ is the secret sauce that can kind of microwave the trial and error process. To that end, I I still remain confident in that. But I'm not going to lie and pretend, how come Russ isn't catching some of this stuff? Like – There's two fail-safes. There's supposed to be two fail-safes here. A competent head coach (laughs) and a competent quarterback that's been around the block. I mean, 113 victories most all time for a quarterback in his first 10 years. Russell Wilson, this dude's been around the block. When you have your second-year running back in the clutch going like this, clapping his hands furiously because he's two seconds, one second, and you're nowhere close in your cadence to snapping the ball. We can't just blame Nathaniel Hackett for that, Zach. Come on, Russell Wilson,
3: let's go. I mean, to have a hundred and something, hundred and three yards entering the fourth quarter, averaging less, almost a, almost less air yards per attempt than Javante had on the ground per carry. I mean, 250 million, two first round draft picks, three players. We all like the Russell Wilson trade, but we expected a little more in weeks one and two from that captain franchise elite signal caller. And it's on him as well. Like that's why I was saying the crowd should never have to count down sarcastically or not. That's an embarrassment on the entire offensive operation. It's on Russell Hackett's not on the field, Chad. You know, we all lambasted him last week, and rightly so, but he wasn't the one who fumbled. He wasn't the one who dropped touchdown passes. The players uh, deserve criticism, too. And Russell Wilson, as much as we love him, he's got to have more urgency to get up on the huddle, get in players' faces, stop being uh, Mr. Unlimited, whatever, you know, with the, with the memes, and just get on there and play football, but get in your players' faces, and don't worry about ruffling any feathers. They have to be smoother, or it's not going to be pretty going forward.
2: Cuero. Thank you, buddy. Good to see you. He says, Russ said he plays for an audience of one. Not when I'm paying over a 1000 bucks for two tickets next week. Not when we hear it from other fans when we lose.
0: Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy-efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come a better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy-efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com rebates.
4: Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration's pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. I feel you. But you know what? He is
2: as beholden as he is to fans, any player that sports a team colors, all right? They're beholden to fans in a sense, but... They can't worry about that stuff when they're out on the grass. Whatever mindset it takes for him to, to do what he's got to do, however the, that mindset gets cultivated, you got to just leave it up to him to cultivate that. And if for him he gets in that mindset by saying, I play for an audience of one, I'm not going to read too deep into it, but I feel you. You're paying 1000 bucks for two tickets, and I'm assuming where we're going to be seeing you, right, at the meet and greet, come get some pictures, hang with us, uh, have a bite, a drink, whatever. Um, I feel what you're saying. Plumb up one, one, one and one, but man, that was way too hard. I feel you.
3: Yeah. I don't any Broncos fan who booed the offense and Russell Wilson and Hackett today, they were completely justified. I don't blame any fan for getting down on the team, even though they won the money. You guys spend the investment, the energy, the time. We all put into it. Media too, Chad, like us. I mean, it's our literal full-time jobs every single day. And for them to hype up this team for six months and make the moves they made and come out, lose to Seattle, barely beat Houston, literally scrape by that game. I understand why you feel that way, but it is a victory. They had to win this game. They won the game. Let's see what happens in week three.
2: Silent one. Good to see you. Thank you for the super chat. All of the screws uh, screw ups during the game pale in comparison to the absolute blunder of blowing off the preseason. Ironic how everyone's hurt now. That's the, the the I wrote about this in the Keys to Victory. We talked about it a lot both on the pod and the radio show last week, Zach. That um, you know the whole idea behind resting the starters in the preseason was staving off the injury bug. We're now two games into this thing, and what has it availed? Nathaniel Hackett. Sertan's down now. Judy's down now. Simmons down now. Miner's down now. I mean, how many starters were sat uh, inactives today? I'm not talk, uh, counting the guys that are on injured reserve. I'm talking Josie Jewell, KJ Hamler, Quinn Miners. So if it didn't end up helping you there, it ends up being a double, you know, two pieces of excrement you end up stepping on because you're still getting hurt, and you got to wonder how much resting everybody and being afraid and putting that negative energy into the universe is contributing to the whole injury thing going on now. Plus, you obviously missed the opportunity that you needed. This it's clear now that we're not talking Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay here that's been on the same team his whole career. You needed those reps in the preseason. I'm not saying you, you're playing them, you know, first quarter, second quarter, all three games, but you needed it. And I, this isn't a haha, told you so moment where I want to like, uh, dance around or anything. I'm just saying, hopefully Nathaniel Hackett learned something from that. The Duchess says, I have two words for our coaches, Gomer Pyle. I hope we get better fast.
3: Billy Turner is another starter that sat yes. today. Uh, you know is he ready or not I mean why did KJ Hamler if it's not a setback like Hackett said it wasn't why wasn't he playing today Josie Jewell he practiced all the optimism was he was going to play he was inactive and if I have to see Alex Singleton in coverage one more time I'm gonna lose it he is completely unbearably bad I don't care who's out there at inside linebacker it cannot be Alex Singleton so Josie get healthy fast I said this, I believe it was on the radio show Friday, but uh, Hackett strikes me as like a helicopter parent who puts yes. his kids in bubble wrap as soon as they have a nick or a bruise or a bump. You can't be that way. I mean, that's that's life. That's living. You got to go out there. You got to fall. You got to get back up, scrape your knee, take care of it, and get better because of it. You know, if K.J. Hamler, if he's healthy enough to go by the letter of the, the law, in this case, have him play. Randy Gregory was limited, too. They had the same... Um, Lying about him, but he played today. I saw him play a mostly full game. Yeah, big time. So he has to learn, and he has to grow into being a head coach. And it's going to take more than two games, but his growth can't intersect with the Broncos' chances of winning. That's where I draw the line with that.
2: Um, I got a question, and thank you, Chris. Also throwing down stars like a big baller on Facebook. Can't wait to hang with you next week, dude. Um, I got a question for you. If Jerry Judy suffers that same injury today. And if Patrick Sertan suffers that same injury he did today and it's week 11, are they ruled out or do they come back in and play?
3: Hmm. Well, we heard from Hackett in his post-game press conference that it's uh ribs for Jerry Judy and uh, not a shoulder. shoulder. So that's pretty good. I was, ho- I was uh worried it, it was a collarbone, but it is a shoulder for Sertan though. So we have to uh, hold our breath on that. I think you're, you have something to that. I, I didn't, I didn't see where PS2 got hurt. I don't know if he fell awkwardly or something. I but didn't I, see it either. I would hope if the playoffs were on the line and they could play, they would be in there. I hope in Hackett's case, I can give him that benefit of the, of that doubt.
2: I just wonder, Zach, what my point is. I'm not accusing Hackett of anything. I just wonder now, based on what I've seen, right? All we got to go on is what we've seen. I wonder if he's playing a little uh, – What's the word, man? How, what's the, how do I explain this in a way that makes the most sense? Where he's so confident that they're going to be in it in December, the Broncos, that he's like, ah, oh, we're going to, we can handle the Texans without PS2. I don't know if they got hurt. Don't, don't get me wrong. It could very well be the injuries. Nope, couldn't go back in or whatever. But I wonder, could they have gone back in and are they being held out to come back in because it's week two and you're against the Texans? I don't know. He, it's just so much now that we've seen from Nathaniel Hackett. I have to go back and like reanalyze so much that I thought you know, paradigms uh, that I thought I, I had a, a lock and key on. Phil, good to see you, brother. Thank you for the stars. says zero timeouts with seven minutes left. Hashtag let's ride. Gary leads Palmer, the GLP we're going to see next week too, saying I didn't think it'd go this way, but I'm being patient and waiting. Go Broncos. That's a good That's a good posture, I think, GLP. Uh, 727 mil, another great. bona fide long time. Super chat superstar here at MHH says, uh, Tyree Cleveland and Montreal Washington stepped up, man. But we got to get the penalties and the red zone offense together. These injuries hurt, man. Maybe we go get uh, Odell Beckham Jr. Not going to be ready anytime in the near future, by the way. Uh, great win. Go Broncos. A win's a win. And when it's a win, I'm going to say great, just like uh, you wrote there, Mill. And Kenny Booker, am I going to see you next week, too? KB, you're going to come hang with us for a little while? What's up? He says a win is a win, and the Raiders might lose in overtime. Yeah. We shall see. Zach, good teams, when things aren't going their way and it is ugly, they still find a way to win. We call it winning ugly. So take some encouragement from that. Things were going against the Broncos mostly due to their own, you know, their own uh, efforts here. But even in the face of that, they found a way to take care of business. Like, so take some confidence in that.
3: I would rather win ugly than lose pretty any day of the week. That's that's basically what it comes down to. And I know we all want the sexy 50 nothing blowouts every single game, but it was never going to be like that. These are NFL players on the other side of the ball, Texans or not. They get paid to play too, and credit to Texans. And I love you, Smith, by the way. They, they showed up today. They didn't bow out of this game. They didn't... Uh, They were up for it. So I give Lovey a lot of credit. The Broncos just made a couple more plays that got them the W. So that's what you have to take out of it. There were individual bright spots. I thought Montrell, to a previous comment, he looks like he's going to be an absolute stud. Not just as a returner, but on offense as well. Getting the ball in his hands, he makes plays. He almost had that great catch. I don't know if it was an end zone shot, but it was down the sideline. And he almost came down with it. And that's a fifth-round rookie who's like the number 4 receiver now. So they have something good to build on there. I don't want OBJ. Your boy, Kendall Hinton, looked pretty good today, though, Chad. He had a 19-yard yeah. game. Hey. So maybe he's yeah. getting better. But, you know, hopefully KJ, if he's healthy to play next week, Jerry Judy banged <sighs> up. He has to play. They have to get some stability in that receiving core.
2: Jay Fig, what's going on, bro? Thank you for this very generous super chat. He says, or maybe like many people have been saying, this team won't really start clicking until like week six. For the love of God, what is wrong with the injuries year in and year out on this team? <laughs> well, they haven't made a change despite all of the issues they've had with the injury bug at an outsized clip relative to other NFL teams. They've stuck with the same strength and conditioning coach. So if you continue to, this is what my dad always taught me, he said, son, if you continue to do what you've always done, you're gonna continue to get what you've always got. Charge it to the game.
4: Yeah, I'm- Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration's pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies.
1: I'm
3: not going to say his name. For some reason, it's taboo, but there's a common denominator with these Broncos injuries year after year. And some of it's you know bad luck. Some of it's just the game of football. Every team gets injured. But man, it's like every single now practice or game or week, they're losing someone that's so crucial to the team. Hopefully, it's a, it's a fleeting uh, trend. And going forward, they can stay healthier.
2: Here's a newer name, Jasmine, jumping in on Super Chat. Welcome, Jasmine. Thank you for that very generous super. And connect with us on Twitter so that we can shout you out and tag you after the show. Flex, a big thank you your way. Jasmine says, good Lord, the coaching is suspect, the penalties are embarrassing, and these injuries are building up. Broncos country, are we still riding? What say you, Zach?
3: Yeah, I mean, I, w- I told a follower on Twitter who watches the show that um, – I think it was Broncos country. Let's trit trot out there now. It's it's not necessarily right anymore. It's kind of like a slow, just laissez-faire kind of walk, but they're still moving forward. They're not stagnating. They're not going backward. They're not crumbling, even though after week one, it looked like that. A win is a win. That's all that matters here, and the reason they got the win was because Mr. Let's Ride, say what you want. He made that big throw. That was the deciding factor in the game. The defense closed it off from there. Build from that. Let's be optimistic and hope they can build from that.
2: By the way, Jasmine, I know you're a regular on the morning show, so but you're new to us, so welcome. We'd love to see you more in the in the Mile High Huddle podcast live stream. Um, real quick, though, Jess, yes, how about that defense? Under 30 total in two games? Yes, indeed. Phil saying really loved Cortland's play today. Yeah, Cortland had a day, seven receptions on 11 targets, 122 yards. He would have had about another 10 yards. Um and a touchdown, if – I don't know about that, Zach. To me, did you, did you feel like his foot was like out, out, or was it like borderline to where if it wasn't called on the field, it probably should have stood as called?
3: It was on the line. I mean, it's a tough one. I could see it going both ways. But regardless, though, his stat line was very impressive, and it seemed like whenever you throw up the ball, it's either a catch or a DPI. So that, that's what Cortland Sutton can do, and hopefully Nathaniel Hackett realized, feed that man, please.
2: Feed the beast. Um, Okay. Jacob Foster, known as the silent one. Good to see you, Jacob. Thank you for the stars, big dog. Really appreciate it. And by the way, I want to remind everybody, for those of you just joining, we're approaching 1,000 people in the room across all platforms. Um, We want to see you next Sunday, a week from today. Zach, myself, Scott Kennedy, who else is going to be there? Eric Trickle, uh, Thomas Hall is going to be there many other MHHers, all right, that you see and talk to on these podcasts and whose articles you read and all that stuff. We're going to be hosting our meet and greet at the stadium, all right? We're going to be there with a big blue MHH tent with the logo, hashtag State of Being, Hard to miss, all right? And we're going to be getting there as soon as the tailgate opens. We're going to be hanging out until it's time to go into the game. We want you to come say hi, snap a picture. We'll have a little merch we'll be handing out to people and stuff like that. So, we want to see as many of you as possible. And Zach, we know that there's going to be uh, quite a pilgrimage, but we want to get as many of you out to meet and hang as possible. And uh, for my marble, all right, my marble needs to see you. And I'm not trying to take this into like gross old man town here, but Chad's shiny marble super chat says the marble has no idea what's going on. Does hack it? Uh-huh. I don't. I don't know what the Samuel's going on.
3: Let's keep this PG-13 if we could, Chad. We don't have to hear about your marbles uh, being all shiny. But, yeah, I I don't know what's going on with Hackett. All I know is the Broncos got a W. And I do know, Chad, real quick, if I can address this, Javante was asked about the crowd counting down the final play, and he said, I don't know if he's being sarcastic or not, he said, we started clicking after they did that. We might need them to do that every single game. Yeah, how about no? How about you just get up to the line and get the ball off yourself with plenty of time? That's a more novel concept.
2: Colby's saying, I, I'm starting to think we need a veteran coaching staff, the whole staff. Well, too late. You know, ship uh, has departed. You're like halfway or a quarter of the way into the Atlantic. You turn around, you can't see shore anymore. Like, you just got to keep going. There's no choice. Snarky user says, isn't this what hiring Dom Capers as a consultant was supposed to avoid? I know, right? We, we touched on this last week about, well, who, who is the adult in the room? Well, it's Dom Capers, but what exactly is his role? We don't know exactly. We know he's just a consultant on the defensive side. Nathaniel Hackett's talked a little bit about Dom, but Dom's old, dude. I I mean, last time I checked his wiki page, Zach, he's north of 70, so it's like, what do you expect from him? You know, he's not shadowing Nathaniel Hackett, you know, up and down the sideline. I didn't see him, anyway, doing any of that stuff. So it's, I think, just little, hey – when it comes time, Zach, to game plan. And when, when Nathaniel Hackett needs like a sounding board, that's who he goes to, as far as someone he can trust that's been down the road a few miles further than he has at this point in his career. I know his dad, Paul Hackett plays a role in that same sense. I think he's more of just a sounding board, not necessarily someone that's in Nathaniel Hackett's, um, you know, hip pocket the whole time. Ed Keating will get you in just one second.
3: Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm being uh, a little naive, but, I think the adult in the room should be Russell Wilson, right? Isn't that why you traded for him? Isn't that why you paid him $250 million, the franchise quarterback, the captain? He should be the one that sets everything straight, at least on the field. And to me, the Capers hire is more about Evero being a first-time coordinator, inexperienced coordinator, rising up to that position. Capers has experience, and I thought it would make the transition easier. I don't see what Dom Capers can help Nathaniel Hackett with. You mentioned the age gap. It's offense versus defense. I mean, isn't that why Hackett hired John Vieira, whatever his name is, the instructional designer? He has so many different people around him, Chad, that I'm wondering if it's too many people now. He has too many voices in his head and too many people giving conflicting information. Maybe he should cut out some of those people and rely on his own self and own intuition. Just my two cents.
2: One of my best friends is a chef, and he says too many cooks ruin the broth so there might be something to that ed keating love you big dog appreciate everything you do he says i want melvin gordon gone the coaching is having growing pains i want gordon gone coaching is having growing pains hackett needs to get better i'm so happy we got the dub broncos need to run the ball more to set up play action and we need a right tackle why why are you hating on gordon just for what it's worth i mean you know that he's not the most favorite player of this podcast but what what did gordon do today i mean let me yeah, look a couple of penalties for one. Yeah, that's true. He did have the penalties, but here's what he also did: he picked up 4.7 yards per carry for you, didn't fumble, and also caught a pass. So he gave you 50 yards of offense on 11 touches. Like maybe Boone could have done better. Who knows? But I still think that if Gordon holds on to the ball more often than not, like how often do you see a running back getting called for holding? I mean, it's really outliery type stuff that you saw from him on the penalty department today i'm saying right now i actually had my like as i was watching the game i know the penalties but dude it's it's like uh, a sapling in a in a forest of redwoods in terms of penalties i mean what are we talking 25 now through two games 25 penalties through two games um i was actually thinking today zach as i was watching this game more thoughts like this like you know what <laughs> I still didn't love Melvin Gordon coming back, but I'm actually kind of glad he's here. Like, he's a nice compliment to Javante Williams in terms of this scheme. I like the way he's running in the scheme. I'm not hating on Gordon right now, but I feel your pain, though. Don't get me wrong, Eddie.
3: Yeah, I'm not going to aim too many of my quivers at Melvin Gordon, though. I hate having to clench every single time he yeah. touches the ball. You know, I'm always waiting for that fumble, and I'm like, Melvin, don't fumble it. But, you know, what'd you say, 4.7 yards per carry? He had one catch, Chad, and uh, I forgot the other thing you named. Uh, well,
2: 11 for 47, or 10 for 47, and, and one, one catch for six.
3: I was just thinking, like, you know, that's the best they can do with Melvin Gordon. It, it, my question becomes, does he have to be the RB2? You brought him back. He's in the fold. You know what I noticed, though? Not one single carry for Mike Boone. After he's looked impressive, after Hackett talked him up this week, this past week, said he wants to get Boone involved in the offense as well in that backfield, not one single carry. So I wasn't hating on Melvin today, but it was another nondescript game for him because there's always that miscue, whether it's a fumble, whether it's this or that. The penalty was costly today and he just can't do it. But that's who Melvin Gordon is. Good, but not great.
2: Before I grab Ryan here, I just want to give a shout out to these great Facebookers because it's been—it's going to be a really busy chat tonight. We might not be able to get everybody, but for those whose names we haven't mentioned yet tonight, Andrew Lampy, Ben Wallman, Howie freaking Day, Patrick, Randy, Lawrence, appreciate you guys. Uh, helps helps a lot. We're going to look for opportunities to get whatever your questions and topics are, but it, it's a busy night. Ryan says coaching looked absolutely awful and just overall pathetic. Wilson looked so lost out there and he played scared. I'm extremely nervous for the season. I think it's uh, the Broncos have given you every reason to feel nervous right now, but I don't agree that. uh, Wilson, I question this whole delay of game stuff, like at the end of, of the cadence and why this keeps happening. I got to, we need like someone in that room needs to really drill in on that topic to Nathaniel Hackett. It probably didn't happen tonight, Again, one of the downsides of us going live immediately after the game is we miss the presser. But the screws need to be put to Nathaniel Hackett and find out why is this happening. Can coach, can you help us through your process? Help us understand why this might be happening. Like, are you getting the play having trouble getting the play calls in on time? Is it stuff at the line of scrimmage? Like, what is causing all these delays to a point where you literally have the same crowd, Zach, who could not would would not dare break wind when Peyton Manning was at the line of scrimmage is literally chanting out loud down the play clock so that this team does not get another penalty. Like, Coach, you got some splaining to do.
3: I'm going to venture and guess it's, a, it's Hackett – uh, listening to Justin Outen, his OC, uh, on a play call and, and deferring back and forth. And if that's the case, Hackett needs to take ownership, man. You know, Outen's the OC in title only. Hackett's the play caller. Hackett's the head coach. If he wants to run a certain play, except for that Beck option, run that play. Just get it in. Russell Wilson, I didn't see a scare today. I, I just see a quarterback that's not on the same page with his OC. In this case, Nathaniel Hackett. I see him being a good soldier. You know, he's not making any headlines. He's not calling out the coaching staff for not putting the ball in his hands. And when he's given time, Russell Wilson looks pretty good. He had that sneaky, I think it was in the third quarter, where he got out of a sack and kind of moved around and fired a pass for a first down. That's a Russell Wilson-type play. The touchdown pass, a Russell Wilson-type play. But it doesn't help matters when you have Cam Fleming getting beaten badly around the edge, or Dalton Reisner getting, you know, bulldozed, to, to allow a sack right after the ball was snapped. So it's a combination of things. The offensive line, I think, is still letting Russell Wilson down in pass pro. The play calling is letting Russell Wilson down. And you're just seeing an unfamiliar quarterback in new surroundings. It takes more than a couple weeks.
2: Carter, thank you for the super chat. It says, prayers out to Trey, uh, Trey Lance, but I'm assuming. But I'm just a little more concerned now, <clears throat> pardon me, with a more experienced Jimmy Garoppolo starting A win's a win, though. Let's ride. Yeah, we'll have plenty of time, bro, to break down the Niners um, who are on the schedule this next week. Right now, we're soaking in and analyzing what's going on with this game from today. Mac Dog, what's going on? In the chat tonight, uh, your dad represented you well because, hey, it was past bedtime last time, right? Monday night, he's like, Mac Dog needs to get to school, so I'm going to hold down the fort for him. That's a solid old man, dude. You should thank your lucky stars, Mac Dog. He says... I hope Broncos play better next week. Me and my dad are coming up from Texas. We get to meet the Mac dog. Dope, dude. This is going to be rad. Also, he says, I think Nathaniel Hackett should stop calling plays and manage the game as a head coach. This is a good point from the mouth of babes. No offense, Mac. You know what I'm saying? Maybe this is just simply he needs to give over play calling duties. I saw many calls on my Twitter mentions today, Zach, for Clint Kubiak to be given the reins as play caller. Maybe there's a point here
3: you hired Hackett to call plays. You you hired him to be, be the OC. Otherwise, what is what good is he? You know, he, he really wasn't a quarterback whisperer. He, he got um, a lot of attention being under Matt LaFleur, working with Aaron Rodgers, and being a former OC himself. But that was the whole point. He was supposed to build this progressive, fast-paced, high-scoring, up-tempo offense with the Broncos, and it's looking anything but that. I did not think on September 18th, I would be on here asking, is Hackett an upgrade over Pat Shermer as an offensive play caller? And if I have to even ask that out loud, and I'm being dead serious, not rhetorical, if I have to ask this, where did it go wrong? Why is it so bad now? How how did it get to this point? It baffles me as someone like you, Chad, who has champion Nathaniel Hackett for months now. Months and months and months. Well,
2: listen, I think I feel you. I feel you because we have to question these things now after what we've seen. But I do want to put this in some context, all right? Last week, the Broncos over 400 yards of total offense. This week, really slow start, but they still finished with 350 total yards of offense. Now, you drill deeper and look at some of the metrics like red zone uh, offense, golly, how atrocious has that been? Today, I mean, last week, Zach, the Broncos were plus 50% on third down. Today, they were 25%. So things like that from an offensive uh, fishbowl perspective, you know, you're, you're trying to circle this thing and, and see what's going on. Those are metrics that need to improve. I still, two games in now, Zach, I kind of hold the same outlook on Hackett as a play caller that I did coming out of week one, which is I have mostly liked the actual play calls for the most part. Now, there were some situations today like the Andrew Beck, third down, uh, read option. But between the 20s, I'm still... I think it's a pretty clear upgrade to what this team has had in years past, but that avails you little Zach. If you can't close, you know, coffees for closers, put that coffee down Nathaniel Hackett.
3: I mean, maybe a more accurate comparison is uh, Hackett versus Scangarello, you know, a guy who was bright minded, but got too cute and did not know what he was doing in certain spots at certain times. Um, you're right. There's a lot of plays about Hackett that I like. I like a lot of the boot action and getting certain players like Montrell involved. But when you get too cute, Chad, and you don't just go with what works, that's what we hammered Pat Shermer about last year is the split with Melvin Gordon, going away from Javante, giving away your tails in the red zone near the goal line, like being in shotgun, at least give the presentation of runner pass and not just one Uh, way they can go in in a shotgun formation. Not learning from those mistakes from week one, not making those corrections, that's where it gives me PTSD to the previous regime. I think he's better. I want him to be better. But, man, does he have to prove it for 60 minutes in a given game?
2: So last year, through two games, the Broncos, week one, 420 yards. Week two, uh, three. They actually had more yards the first two games last year. By about 25-30 yards than the Broncos do through two games with Russell Wilson as an upgrade over Teddy Bridgewater. So good call on that, Mr. Producer. Patrick, thank you, bro. Appreciate the stars on Facebook, my friend. You know we do. It's great to see you in the chat. We're at 46 minutes. We got to wind down here soon because there's work needs done. We got to get some post-game articles up at milehighhuddle.com. But Zach. A legendary figure in mhh community the lore on this man is uh, considerable number two super chat for tonight naj says something every fan should be ecstatic about was the third and 15 dime russ got to courtland that was the kind of clutch play a stud quarterback makes yes i agree on that front hackett must improve and i believe he will so naj is, is maintaining optimistic posture
3: Doesn't surprise me about Naj. And, you know, we should all be a little more optimistic, I feel like, because it's not a loss. They're and one and there were certain things on offense and defense to take out of this game and build on. The the play here to Cortland Sutton, that's one. The touchdown, obviously, that's another. Uh, The the escapability Russell Wilson showed, that's something the Broncos quarterback has not had in literal years. That's why you made that trade, but we all want to see the blowout. We all want to see the curb stomping. We all want to see Russell Wilson throw for 500 yards and four touchdowns, a la Peyton Manning, but it's just not there yet, but give it time, and over the course of the season the Broncos haven't peaked yet they're playing arguably their worst football they're going to play all year right now and they're one and one let's take a breath and analyze it from that point going forward
2: 19 EHF throwing down a super thank you I thought this Broncos team would compete with the Chargers and Chiefs but they're the 2019 Browns offseason hype underwhelming regular season so far early on definitely been underwhelming but again I got to remind everybody as ugly as it's been early on. And some of these question marks we're seeing in the, in the uh, delay of games from the quarterback. And I know that the coaches are complicit in that, obviously, but the big difference between the 2019 Browns and the 2022 Broncos is the quarterback. Okay. Uh, Baker Mayfield. I still kind of like Baker Mayfield, whatever far cry from Russell Wilson, 10 years in the league, his teams have missed the playoffs two times. So use that as some encouragement, I know, I mean, honestly, like, all the emotion of the game, Zach, as a fan, got burned out of me a long time ago because of the nature of the job, all right? So, like, I don't live and die on whether they win or lose anymore. Um, and what's that? Al- what that has allowed me to do as, as an analyst is be more objective, I think, in how I view things. And, again, as bad as things have, have been at times, these first two games, Zach, I'm hanging my hat right now more so on Russell Wilson. Now I'm not going to disagree with, Hey, if this was the chiefs or the chargers in these first two games, what would we be looking at? I don't know, but there's also something to be quite to to question on the front of playing down to opponents. I think the Broncos did play down to the Seahawks. I think they played down today to the Texans. What if it is a more quality opponent? Are they going to rise to the occasion? Are you going to see that intensity level rise? Don't know. It's too early for us to be able to, to say for sure, but Andrew Lampy says, Gregory was a fantastic pickup, and the fans chanting the play clock was genius. Zach?
3: You know, to your point, which is a really good uh, salient observation, usually teams that play down have a tendency to play up as well. So if they're taking on a team like L.A. or KC, maybe they'll play up for that game. I can't say they can't compete with them until I see one game versus those opponents. You know, I'm not predicting as of right now a Broncos sweep over KC, for example. But if they get going and they improve in certain areas, this is a team that quite frankly should have blown the Seahawks out last week. Chad. They could have had a more comfortable victory today. They didn't though. what it could have should have. They're still one and one. And, yeah, Randy Gregory, anyone doubting him, I told you guys. I don't gloat that often anymore, especially after last week. He's a menace off the edge, and that, that sack or hit he had on the quarterback on Davis Mills, very reminiscent of the Mac Jones hit from last year. When he hits you, it's like a Mack truck at full speed. The guy's a force.
2: Randy, what's going on with this passing offense? What's the meaning of life? Don't know. I mean, I have my – I have my guesses that are educated, but no, really, I think it's just still a growing pains, to be honest with you. And uh, when the chips were down and the, and the Broncos needed Russell Wilson to make plays, he did. And that's, I think for now, what I'm, I'm hanging my hat on. Corey says, thank you for the very generous super chat, Corey. He says, being honest, I put the bulk of the blame on Hackett first. I blame George Payton second. He built the roster, and I said it all summer. Defense looked light to me. Russell Wilson is further down the list. How many drops by us today? Yeah, there were some ugly drops. Judy dropped one, and unfortunately, these drops today in particular, Zach, came in crucial moments. Albert O's drop, Jerry Judy's drop that got him hurt, that same play that he got hurt on. Um, What am I missing? But, hey, at least Eric Saubert, some redemption, right, for that drop in Seattle with a nice touchdown catch down the right seam today, so – wasn't all bad
3: notice we didn't see too much of albert O after that drop it seemed like they went to back and uh Saubert and more tomlinson and i can't as bl- they should
2: have uh, yeah of, i can't dude.
3: i can't blame them yeah you you have an opportunity you have to step up and take advantage of it if not somebody else will Corey, i understand where you're coming from i understand the raw emotions and as chad likes to say the hormones coming out of this game but you know you want to blame George Payton, but then you want to excuse the guy that George Payton traded for in Russell Wilson. You know, uh, Hackett, yeah, the blame's on him, but George Payton has assembled a hell of a roster that if they were better coached, they'd be 2-0 and o right now, not 1-1. One one.
2: Mike, good to see you, Ron Keough, saying, let's give it a year before we start giving up on the Broncos. Yeah, at least give it the quarter of the season before you throw in the towel. I'm joking, but you know what I'm saying. Let's Let's get some sample size. Uh, here Whoa, north of the 49th parallel comes Simon dude we've missed you where you been big dog we uh are stoked to see a bona fide super chat superstar in the house saying first two games super frustrating however I try to remember how Peyton Manning struggled early on with the Broncos I think Russ will pull it together and be elite I'm more concerned with the coaching Zach
3: Yeah, I mean, through two games, I'm way less concerned about Russell Wilson as I am Nathaniel Hackett. And even that... A lot of these coaching follies are correctable. I feel like if he just settles down and puts his big boy pants on and realize he's not living in his father's shadow, he's not living in Matt LaFleur's shadow, he's not an assistant anymore, he's a head coach of a football team, and he has to step up and take ownership of that in that moment. Stop waiting for Justin Alton. Stop waiting for these play calls. Stop waiting for everyone else's affirmation and go out there and put your stamp on it. That's why you're the head coach. Once he realizes that, Chad, I'm not going to say it, but I'll do it. With with air, once these drop a little bit as a head coach, the Broncos will be so much better for it.
2: Huero with the Super saying most penalties in a single season is not the record I had in mind when we started this season. Hackett, better get this team together asap. Raiders lose. Is it official? Have the Raiders given up the ghost?
3: Yeah, they lost. It's over. Overtime, twenty-nine. Walk off fumble return. I believe that's right. So, that's right. LOL Raiders.
2: Um,
3: Zach. I'm going to
2: tell everybody if you got any burning topics get them in right now on Super Chat because we do got to get going. Uh Max Power from across the pond, good to see you buddy, says glad they won but have no faith in Hackett. He needs to go. <laughs> Things never looked that bad under Fangio, no punt returner. Uh no punt returner was all-time embarrassment. That yeah, that's just one of like many, many embarrassments today. But uh he's not going anywhere. So just for what it's worth, Max, hopefully you know that he's no one's getting fired two games into the season. Mac Dog number two, San. Uh coming to the game. No, we got this one. We got Mac Dog. No, hope they better play better than they did against the Texans. Do you think Hackett should give up play calling Zach? Uh and manage the game. I think we did get this one, did yeah, we? We did we did. We did. Looking forward to seeing you, MacDog. Um Okay. Well, listen, we got to get going. We got, we got some things going on. Hold on. I want to grab this from David. Fans forget early predictions in the offseason. Set a rough start, and they might not get it all done. But Hackett overhyped everything, raising the bar. Just saying. Just, hey, guys, tonight as you uh, l- go to bed and whatnot and you look forward to your week, remember, the Broncos won today. They're one and one. All right? So let's not lose sight of that, Zach, as uh, we go through our goodbye rundown.
3: Yeah, we oh, wait. wait, wait.
2: You, you get this one.
3: I appreciate you. boy, boy. Jumping in with the $5 super. He goes, uh, a wins a win, but man, this felt like hooking up with your ex, but they paid for all the drinks and Ubered you home. So you can look past it. <laughs> 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, shake my head. That's very funny. Boy, boy. <laughs> and you know what? <laughs> if that was the case, I'm thanking my ex, you know what? I appreciate it. I got the dub, uh, you know, that's all on you. That's how you have to look at it coming out of this game. You know, like Chad said, if, when the schedule came out, everyone's predictions had two and zero. Oh. I know I did. I know you did, Chad. One and one. It's two games, and they're one and one. They won one and lost one. There's fourteen more, fifteen more to go. They're going to be okay once they settle down, and it will happen.
2: What's even worse, Josh, is what if they you hook up with your ex, they pay for all the drinks, and then you take the sixty bus home. You know what I'm saying? Josh knows exactly. Took the sixty bus. If you know, you know, but Zach, we do got to go. We got to go. Let's, let's say goodbye for tonight. We'll be back for, of course, tomorrow night for the aftermath. So it's going to be dope.
3: Oh, wait, we, we got Phil here. Yeah. Phil McLaughlin, uh, chime me in again. Appreciate you, Phil. He says, as I watch Russ, he just seems uncertain. Maybe he just needs time to build a relationship more with the team. Also until these guys show me they have their driving permits, I'm not riding with them. LOL. I understandable on the second point, And I agree with you on the first point. He doesn't look scared to me, right? That's what I was saying earlier. It's not really scared or nerves or anything like that. Obviously he's been around the block. It's just starting a new job and not really knowing your coworkers yet. We've all been there. It takes time to build that relationship and find that rapport. And he just can't get it going yet. That will happen. Hopefully it settles down in week three, Chad.
2: That's why you needed those preseason reps all the more. Maybe, maybe, I I, I don't want to make a mountain out of a molehill, but. I guess there's bigger fish to fry now than worrying about the preseason. So I digress.
3: Maybe we're onto something though. You know, I'll take the L on that as well if it comes to fruition, but that was the MHH podcast. Follow us on Twitter at the MHH pod. You can also follow the main account on Twitter at mile high huddle, Chad at Chad and Jensen, myself at Kelberman NFL and Scott, our producer at scout Kennedy. Do you guys want some merchandise like you see Chad and I rocking right now, HuddleUpPod.com is where you get it. Go get your merch on right there. HuddleUpPod.com and Facebook.com slash MileHighHuddlePod. Like that page. Follow that page. Guys and gals, if you haven't, go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football pre a five-star review for a chance to win some of that aforementioned merch each and every month. But... As you see taking below you, if anything, please subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans, just like y'all.
2: Shout out to these great Super Chat superstars tonight. Addison, Jeff, Smith, Jonathan, uh, Chris Hernandez, Cloud9, Mr. Estero-Dactyl, uh, Juero, Plumbob, Silent1, Jess, The Duchess, 727 Mill, Gregory, Kenny, Jonathan Figueroa, Jasmine, Naj, Snarky User, Ed, Ryan, Carter, MacDog, uh, let's see, 19EHF, Corey H, Max Power in the house, um, Isaiah 1127. Yes, dude, thank you for the super chat. Sorry, we got to go, um, Simon. And then everybody on Facebook, seriously, thank you so much. Phil, Gary, Jacob, Chris, Andrew, Ben, Colby, Howie, Patrick, Randy, George, Lawrence, and Albert Knoppers. Albert, looking forward to hanging out a week from today, dude. It's gonna be dope.
3: Yeah, we're back on tomorrow night, guys, for the aftermath episode of today's Broncos victory over the Houston Texans. If you want to catch us in the meantime, we're on the radio as every Monday to Friday, 98.1 FM in Denver, milehighsports.com. Check it out. Two to two o'clock, three two o'clock to three o'clock mountain time, each and every day. See you guys tomorrow. I also Enjoy have the link.
2: I have the link pinned. If you want to listen and you're not in Denver, I have the link to do that online pinned on my Twitter account. So it's easy to follow and listen every day.
3: Go check out Chad's Twitter at Chad N. Jensen. And guys, enjoy Victory Sunday, Victory Monday. We're on to San Francisco already, the meet and greet in week three. But this was a victory. They're hard to come by in the NFL. And in the end, the Broncos got it done. They're a one and one Time to move forward and build off that. Have a great rest of your Sunday. Take care. And as always, go Broncos.
4: Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration's pushing radical gender experiments on children. Changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies.